What's up, boys? Yo. What's up? How's it going? How's it going, going guys? We got our. Uh, we're doing uh, the listener leave podcast number eleven after a two week hiatus. It's been uh, been lazy the last few weeks, man. This shit is uh, a lot of work, man. Just <laughs> every week committing to it. So that's okay, Sonny. You made this one happen, so you get the point, my son. Um, Sonny's back with us. We got Dr. Gumman back with us, and we finally got the hottest ticket in Edmonton, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be on. Nice to be on. What's going on? It's not, it's not my thing. It's, yeah. not my, it's not my thing, but I'll dabble with you guys for a bit. It's COVID, man. You, we got to try new things. Everybody's, uh, you know, experimenting. Right, it's just easier off the record. Yeah, right? he's... I mean, there's too many things I want to say off the record. Gax became like oh, a, a carpenter, basement builder. Now he's got to be a, a content builder, Joel. You know, COVID expansions. That's right. Let's get you some hits. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, we just... Uh, Let's start with the the update on the the farmers protest. Um, I think everyone's been pretty much following it. You know, it's day to day. Shit's changing. Like one day something happens, next day something happens, the next day you're like, oh fuck it, I don't even want to pay attention. Next day fucking Riri shows up, and then you know full support. Changes uh, the game. Yeah, uh, but Sonny, you were talking about that Russell Brand uh, video. I think you. You've watched it, and you even list, uh, read up on the the Modi speech that he referenced. What what was? Because uh, that was pretty good. Like even having Russell Brand involved, and him starting to talk about it, like it's catching, it's catching attention in the West. So uh, maybe yeah, just talk yeah. Um, and Arj, if I missed it, you jump into like I mean the main thing is you have a guy that has two point two million followers on Instagram, uh, well known guy. So the second he posts that, it's gonna get a lot of eyes. And then the guy is like super smart, right? So he brought like a kind of a different perspective to it. Um, at the end of the day, it's good to shine light on India. But his whole thing was about like uh, the decentralization of power and how, you know, whether you agree with that, you side with the farmers, you side with the government or you side with the billionaires backing it, like too much power in the hands of a few is like a bad thing. And in all these examples across history, it's always like the same people that suffer, right? Like, um, and he's kind of saying that like, nobody would be complaining if you provided solutions to help these people and modernized farming at the same point, uh, at the same time, the, uh, the woman was like very against like chemicals and all of that. Um, but that, that, that was kind of his central thing and then goes on for a while. Um, but the interesting thing was he references this speech at the World Economic Forum in 2018 at, uh, in Davos. And uh, Modi talks about like the three greatest threats he sees, not just for India, but for uh, uh, mankind. And it's funny because he's called the farmers uh, a one of these. So the three things were climate change, uh, terrorism, and the one that's really interesting is uh globalization or like the resistance to globalization so you hear him we hear it all the time him calling the farmers these are terrorists uh one week this is about Khalistan. one week this is about like uh you know muslim separatists uh it's they're trying to incite violence whatever the topic of the day is he's just that him and his propaganda 
bullshit artists are throwing that out. Um, so that's funny that he's referencing that. And then the anti-globalization thing. So he, he actually went on and he talks about how um, you, the people that are resisting, like connecting the globe are, are going to be a huge problem. And so he's trying to, he also tries to spin this as this is necessary for advancing in which nobody's debating that. Like, I think we said last time I was on, like India was at 58 billion for the agricultural industry and that vastly underperforms. Nobody is debating that the farmer, even the farmers have advocated for being more successful, but not at the expense of their, their livelihoods. Right. So I don't, that's you know, what don't I, you, what uh, you're saying Modi was like uh, talking about globalization. Who was he very close with Trump and what was Trump preaching the whole time? Anti-globalization, yeah, anti right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. They just, everyone just spins whatever narrative suits their, uh, their goal tomorrow he'll switch to need for the moment exactly it's it's yeah. ridiculous but what was interesting about that i don't know arjun you heard it too yeah. the, he, he brought up bill gates and how they're essentially it's he's vandana shiva who is the uh the social activist she's like famous in india um or environmental activist sorry but she was talking about how like there's facebook and all these like the tech companies they're they're mining or they're getting our data on its users and now bill gates and these big corporations are, are data mining or whatever from farmers yeah. now and they're trying to corporatize farming and sunny did you said that uh bill gates is the largest uh yeah like i i read and this was a couple weeks ago and i like i i will have to fact check it but i remember seeing an article i clicked through and um you know he's doing a lot has happened he funded the covid vaccine you see all this good stuff that he's doing um like the pledge to give away all his money all whatever it's all good and then but i remember reading that um the, the their foundation had become the largest farmland owner in the u.s and like i kind of never put the two and two together because you're so focused on what's happening in india and then it's like it, it, it russell brand's making fun of this and it's like it's right like in simpsons hit, talked about this like years ago it's like of course like bill gates being a multi the one of the world's richest person in North America having all this farmland, of course, it would be connected to, you know, Ambani Adani wanting the the farmland in India. Like he's also heavily invested in Monsanto. He's one like so. And I don't know, like I, like I would like to think that Bill Gates has like, uh, you know, I wouldn't go as far as saying like benevolent ambition, but like I would like to think that he's trying to help the world. But you just I don't I don't know, right? Like it's it's <laughs> when you, when you I think he is, but his pockets are still getting deeper. I mean. Just because it's going through a charity, I mean, it's uh, it's a gray area. No, but then, but you you say he is trying to do better, but then like he has to like that guy's a smart man. He has to know that he's in what Monsanto does, how the effects it has yeah. in a place like India. Like he's, he's got to be aware of this somewhere, and he's profiting somewhere. Like that's yeah. the that's the bottom line. Um, just uh, yeah, just going back to the Russell Brand video, like just talking about that a bit. He meant there's so many interesting points he made. Like yeah, Bill Gates uh, continues to for her, uh, right? That Vandana yeah, yeah, that she, lady. She, yeah, yeah, she she made good points, and uh, Russell Brand yeah. like Bill Gates continues to become this villain in today's uh, society, being accused of things left, right, and center. You know. Um, but just back to the data mining with the farmers, it's so interesting. Like, it sounds like they're going to market it back to farmers. Like we're going to give you information about what's the best time to plant, yeah. what the soil conditions are like, the acidity, right? What, what the climate's going to be like, uh, when it's rolling through what the best things are to grow. So it sounds like all these, 
like fantastic things. And I mean, apps like Google have incorporated things like that into our everyday lives, right? Like my calendar, my email, everything's on Google, but is one, the infrastructure even there in India to support that? Can everyone even afford that to that scale? I don't know, like uh, what's going to happen with that, but you got to think these companies are profiting in, in some 100%. way with 100%. this, right? And uh, yeah, it's, it's just so twisted to think that there's like forces like that, that are pro- like probably that have driven like hundreds of thousands of farmers to be like sleeping on the streets, right? Like as part of the entire package, if you take a step back and look at what's happening, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's frustrating. It's scary too. Like when you think about it, cause it's like you, when you really, and when nobody really talks about it cause you start to th- sound like a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but like it, it, when you actually look at the numbers, it's like more than like the, the, it's like seventy percent of the world's wealth is controlled by like you know less than ten percent of the people, right? And so when you start to look at it, and like uh, her book was like the one percent, right? So it in a lot of cases when you look at the lobby groups and in like India, let's just focus on that. Like you got two billionaires that are call a spade a spade. They're calling the shots, right? Like they're pulling the strings behind the scenes, right? Oh, yeah, so two yeah. guys and their interests are making. Uh, life miserable for close to a billion people. And so then by extension, if that's happening there, you'd be naive to think that if there's wealthier people in other parts of the world, that it's not happening. So it's like, that, and that's why I really want to read this book. Cause it's like, um, again, it's, it's money it's, it's, controls everything, right? It, like it, it is. And you talk and like, so this is kind of going off topic, but like the centralization, well, it's not really off topic. It applies to this, like you, the centralization of power. Right. It's happening. It's happening in every area. So it's happening in agriculture. It's happening uh, in the banking sector. Right. Like and that's why you have these decentralized platforms. You can say like something like Bitcoin or like farming uh, small and medium, like, you know, keeping that private to the smaller mid-sized farms. Like once everything gets concentrated and now you're seeing it like the, the like the wealth is getting concentrated in the hands of a few. They will control everything. And like. People fucking like, oh, come back on WhatsApp to me. Like, I get bitched at all the time. But I'm like, it's just like, you know, when you uh, see, like, if you think of A&W Burger and you see the fucking ad show up on your, like, you know, your computer or your your Instagram, you always see that. I've, I've, like, changed my security settings on a lot of things and just, like, my privacy. Like, I don't see those ads anymore. Like, it's just, Yo. but it's that info. Huh? Yeah, just just on the topic of security and like what information you share is private or not, and back to the the protest that Disha Ravi, yeah, uh, a, a lady that got uh, basically abducted and uh, charged for nothing. Climate uh, it sounds like they yeah climate activists. It, it sounds like they had uh, access to her like Google Docs. Uh, maybe her, Google uh, provided that information to yeah, the Indian state. Yeah, th- that's what I heard. That? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and like the Twitter shutdowns, like they're lobbying Twitter. They shut down like what is 500 accounts. It's like, it's messed up. And again, when you, uh, a month ago, two months ago, it was kind of conspiracy talk. Like, oh, like Facebook's connected this way, Google, all this investment, but it's proving truer and truer and truer. And now Facebook, like not allowing you to share news. Like, it's like, it's, it very much reminds, like for me, it reminded me of the, uh, I, I love Simpsons, like the stone cutters, like they were like, they, those guys, they all meet and like, they just control the world. Right. And then it's like, they decide the way that it goes. And that's, that's what, that's what's happening. It's, it's, uh, it's fucked. It's fucked up. Like, it, it, yeah, you sound like, but 
you know what? I don't. I'm starting to think more and more. These aren't conspiracy theories. This is just the yeah. reality of the world, right? Dude. Like, <laughs> and then like Greta Thunberg say, shared the the that that kit. So like that poetic justice society. Joe and I were invited to go on like this and this thing, and it was like just like it was literally like sharing hashtags, accounts to tag, like the most benign thing in the world like like just like social media guide for idiots right like you're they're they're trying to make this easy for people that like might not have english first language you know and this is like inciting like equated with inciting terrorism and like global conspiracy that's mo dollywell from the poetic justice foundation so he's uh buddies with buddies of mine uh and uh one of my buddies his cousin so this guy they accuse him of in the hindustan times he's from vancouver Runs and he's doing this uh, of what paying Rihanna two point two million for that tweet like it's like yeah <laughs> it's like and then, what and then like the absurdity of it it's like like okay like everybody likes money but you really think that Rihanna whose net worth is close to a billion dollars is gonna like needs your two point two million bucks and like it's it's, it's just, fucked up yeah it's and like up. and then like they're calling for Greta Thunberg like in India like they want to charge her it's just. But it, it, in a way, like that's that. It's sad because it shouldn't. Have, like we've been talking about this for almost three months now, and it's just like picking up momentum. But it's like they should have been like this. Is again, we're being reactive, but like it's because people like Greta and Rihanna and now Russell are saying it that now it's becoming part of everyday conversation again, right? And um, it's uh, we've talked like we were saying this when we met last time, Joe. It's like. Uh, whether you think the laws are repealed or not, um, and if they are, great. But you know, we have to stay on top of it because yeah. it's just a matter of time before the next thing, right? And so, this more than anything, it's just been good from my eyes to see that the West is now somewhat aware of what what can happen over there, and it just attention has but, to stay on it. But you know what's fucked, like uh, like that stuff like that is happening. I don't know if you saw. There's a Spanish rapper. Uh, he's from Barcelona, if you heard in the last few days. So he 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 had some lyrics. Uh, you know how they have the whole Catalan, uh, the independence movement yeah, for, Bar- for Catalonia. So he yeah. he's Catalan, and he he wrote some lyrics about like uh, he's talking about the royal Spanish royal family, and he said some stuff that would the Spanish state has now said those are uh, terrorism or inciting terrorism. Okay, so he locked himself up in a university. Like the the, cent- the state police, I think, went in, took him out, put him in jail. Now there's riots the last two nights because it's suppression of speech, right? You claim to be, uh, and this is in Spain. So like this happens, it's happening more and more even here in like, it's gonna, so like if we don't pay attention to what's happening there, you know, it's not like even maybe 20 years from now, it could happen here right at our doors. So it's like, you can't just fucking not worry about that just because it's over there right now because it could happen here. Right, it's happened in the past, and yeah, if you don't say anything, it's it's fucked up. Everything's fucked up right now. COVID's fucked up. Everything's fucked <laughs> up. But uh, I don't know, fucking. Uh, but like, other than that, the 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 protests, like they had that, uh, what's it called, the Mahapanchat uh, in Bernala today. It was like what two, two hundred fifty thousand people showed up in Punjab yeah. to show support. They're having them wow. like there's more and more people joining like the coalition like across the country. So which is good. Like if I'm Modi, I'm worried at now now because it's not even a protest. It's like a revolution uh, at this point. But like sitting here, we just got to keep sharing. Like it gets tiring. Sonny, I mean, you were saying like it's like you're just like, fuck, man. Why do I keep just <laughs> sharing like nonstop? Is this even doing anything? But it's like it's doing something right. Like, fuck. 
you would think. The, the fatigue is like, it's, it's real for sure. And like, you, uh, you start to wonder, like, you know, you're sharing it every day, like who's tuning you out, who's not. But again, it's, uh, I, what I said to Joe last time is like, like I'll be debating not doing it. And then you'll see like it's something from the front line. And you're like, no, fuck that. Like it has to be done. Yeah. And this is ridiculous. It's, 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 it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. How many people are sharing stories? I think this is the first time that I'm unable to go through my Instagram stories. Like there's, there's too many. There's, it's like, I'm not big on posting, but there everybody's posting. I can't get through the posts. Like at some point you got to stop. Like how much time do you have in the day to go through everyone's stories? But everyone is sharing. So you're so, aware I mean, of the I situation, right? Like because of that. Like, it, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's, it's definitely gaining momentum, and I mean, I think uh, Modi's probably going to realize that these farmers are—they're never going to go anywhere. They're, they're never going to back down. They're going to stay there forever until they get, um, you know, to a point where it's agreeable uh, what they're looking for. I mean, they're just—I can't see them leaving. I mean, I know our people; they're not going anywhere. Yeah, and I think it's it's at this point it's bigger than the farm laws now. Like, like we're seeing like picking up journalists, picking up like it's just picking up yeah. youth. Like it, it's it's just straight up human rights violations. Like the propaganda that they're using. Like it, it's just bigger than the farm laws at this point. But I mean, fuck yeah, they have call call centers call centers turning into uh, bot centers, and they're just spreading misinformation out there. It's it's crazy, and I mean that happens yeah. everywhere. That's happening in every country. I mean. Uh, I mean, uh, we got, like, we got, we got, political we got the, parties are getting. So go ahead. Sorry, political parties are getting elected through social media, like uh, Russian influence on Facebook and how it skewed yeah. people's votes. Uh, like it's crazy. It's just uh, social media has turned into. Uh, it was amazing, and now like you see all the negative aspects of it as well. And yeah. and that's like what centralization of power, right? Facebook, fucking all these Google, like. That's scary, man. Like they can, like the the, the U.S. elections and Russia, pretty much, essentially. I think I don't know how accurate that is, but like they're saying, no, there's no collusion. There's no collusion with Trump, in my opinion. But they definitely influence. They can influence uh, by buying ads. Yeah, they influence voters. Yeah, hundred percent. Even with you spread so much misinformation out there. Some sometimes I wonder, like if who sees my uh, stories is also being controlled, right? Like it'd be so futile if as we're like sharing and like posting, if it's literally just us recirculating amongst us, our group of like a hundred, 200, but I guess it keeps us educated in Edmonton. But uh, yeah, yeah they, they could be controlling that too, right? Well, they do that. Like, like, Sonny, you, like, Sonny, Sonny, Sonny was saying that his hashtags weren't getting, uh, yeah. 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 It, I don't know. I don't think it was shadow banned, and like some of it was my error. But yeah. stuff like at the end of the day, like some didn't see yeah, it. Like so, I made I made that video, and yeah. um, and like not I, again. I never really care, but I was looked at. I was like weird. That's so. I asked in like this one group chat of like my friends from Ontario, and they were like, "What are you talking about?" Like literally, like and they're like, "Yeah, it's like not on your page." And I'm like, "It's literally like on my page right now," <laughs> and like uh, so they had to like go to my Instagram, uh, whatever the uh, TV thing. And then, uh, so, it, I mean, it definitely happens like that, that, uh, it, it's, it's like, again, it's just, it's scary. It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up, but I don't know. Let's see so how they're the... censoring, they're censoring people now. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, certain people need to be censored, but once you start censoring people, where does it stop? Like who decides who gets censored? Okay. How, how does so, that work? So here's a question. Here's a question. I, I let, just everyone's opinion on it. I'm just curious to know, like, you know how, like, People say, okay, I'm taking a little bit too far with trying to get the, the whole privacy thing. And I know you can't do everything, right? I have Facebook. I have Instagram. I'm on it. I need to use it. We have to use these tools, whether it's for work or 
just staying connected with people. Um, but like, I don't know, as your guys is like, I guess how you take social media or how you like look at something, even like a smart TV. I was thinking of a smart TV. I'm like, could you get a TV that's not smart? Like I would pay to get a non-smart, like a dumb TV, right? Like just because I'm conscious of these things now, but like how are you guys when it comes to these things? It was to start with you, Gax. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a big tech guy, so I mean, um, I love all the advances in technology, but, uh, there's probably, I mean, let's just say I'm not, I'm not typing anything out that's incriminating myself. Yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but like just the thought that somebody, it's not like, I don't think any of us are like, you know, doing something like that's illegal, illegal. Like, right? But it's just the idea knowing that somebody is taking all your information. So if you had a private conversation, who knows who the fuck has it or who's taking that information or what they're doing without your permission at the end of the day, right? Yeah, So, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's not really much going on. Uh, like I'm, yeah. who who am I? Like who cares about my conversation? Yeah, like, I see I'm not, gags, like basically I'm not at that saying, level. I'm not at the level where it's a big concern of mine. Like it, yeah. it's okay. But, like someone, if someone's reading my stuff, if someone's feeding me ads, if you know, and I don't mind like certain things like ads and this and that, like I don't mind it. Like I'm okay with it. Like No, but you, don't you think looking, those, don't you think so? Like at the end of the day, if, if you show me something constantly over time, even, and I start off by maybe not liking it or whatever, or like even just become so numb to something like, but like somebody who's got that information about me can keep putting it in front of me, in front of me, where at over time it will have an influence on me, right? It could be for a positive, it could be to the direction that person wanted, like these big corporations, whatever they're selling. I'm not saying it's all like, like I like seeing some ads of shit I like too, like, but like just that makes me uncomfortable because it comes down to this whole thing now. Like, I don't know what Facebook's doing, like, they have you know, collecting information on the other side of the world, what they're using it for. It's not my permission, like, I'm essentially contributing. To this problem if i'm not conscious I, i'd be aware. i'd be more concerned if i wasn't informed about it i mean you know about it you know it's happening you're informed about it if i didn't know this was happening and all this data was being collected about me that would be something of concern um i also have an issue if i'm having a conversation on my with with somebody face to face and something shows up on my phone i do have an issue with that that to me is a uh, next but level initially being able initially, to tap into your microphone or camera like that's that's next level. I don't agree with that stuff. Yeah, but now we know what happens, right? Think yeah. back to what, when you realize that your Google Home Mini is recording everything that's being said at your house, right? When I found out, I was like, "Fuck, oh man! Like, what the hell?" I'm like turning this shit off. I'm plugging it. But like, what what am I gonna do? But ultimately, yeah, it comes down to that. Like, like you know, you're not doing anything. Uh, that's like gonna <laughs> seem shady no. or anything, right? But yeah, I I know it make it does make you feel a little uneasy knowing that like some it, like the targeted ads like ads it's not like driving by a billboard which it's is creepy. like semi targeted right which is like sort of random it's like no it's like targeted for you and yeah I don't know I I haven't come to a decision on it totally like it's been positive at some points like it's reminded me like oh yeah shit like I need to buy this or oh yo I should look to see if I can get cheap tickets to the Oilers game, right? Like stub up ads come up all the time. Um, but uh, at the same time, yeah, it is weird. But man, like so so much of our lives are now uh, so intertwined with this. Like for me, my work calendar uh, and so many things are just tied in with Google and Gmail that I like have to use it to be kept up with it. That's a little weird that like I need to use this app to like, be efficient. 
Yeah, it, it's it's hard to like it's hard because we rely on technology so much so on much. our day to day. But yeah. yeah, I don't know, Sunny. What do you what do you? Uh... I, I I'm kind of like Gax. Like it, I, I don't have uh, I don't have much to really hide. I, I and so like. Uh, well, you know, before you, you go on, it, if me and you are having a WhatsApp conversation on some of the stuff we talk about, next time you're traveling to India, yeah, you I, may think you yeah. don't have to hide. They interpret it in a different way. And I'm looking at that through the Western being privileged, being in yeah. Canada lens. Uh, not to say that that can't happen here, but like in India, they're they're accusing you of these charges. Then they're getting your data. They're going in. But like uh, in your privacy agreements, like they can't hold that sh- any of that shit against you unless you're like, yeah, unless they're like warranted in taking it as evidence, right? So like, well, that, unless, that doesn't hold any weight in India, though. That doesn't hold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah in India. <laughs> I, I I understand that's a very Western. And we I, we did move our group over to Signal from WhatsApp too. So like, <laughs> but uh, like yeah, but at the same time, it it creeps. It's super creepy. Like we have that the Siri or uh, whatever the HomePod, and the first couple times it was here, I'm, I just I can literally remember talking to Kayla and like we're talking about like w- what trip we're gonna go on, and then like go on Instagram, and I'm like. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's like it's bizarre, and yeah, but but at the same time, like I've also had it where it's like you'll be talking about like I can't forget something, can't forget something, can't forget something. I'm a hundred percent gonna forget it, and then all of a sudden I'll like open Instagram at work and be like, oh yeah, like thanks, creepy Facebook, like like. <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I fall like I fall somewhere between all of it. But you know the funny thing, and what's again like the irony of like how dependent we are on technology is like. The thing that, like, again, the thing that seems to have struck the hardest nerve with, like, uh, the West is, like, people's, like, people being shut up on Twitter and shut up on Facebook <laughs> and they're not allowed to use their social media, they're not allowed to use their voice. Forget about the fact that these 80-year-olds are getting, uh, you know, tear uh, yeah. tear gas, like, with batons, but, like, this... They didn't stand up at that point. It was... But when they cut their... Uh, the, the, IG. Was, yeah, that, that's... Funny, but... Uh, but it's uh, no. Yes. I mean, I think if I think if anyone overthinks about it too much, you go crazy, man. Like, I mean, we are we are using these platforms to consume entertainment, right? Like, I I I don't think any one of us really posts on social media much about our lives. Like, you can't go onto Instagram and really know what happened in my life over the last few years. So it's like a free ride in a sense. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's, again, it's creepy. Yeah. Arjun, you post stuff that. The Indian yeah. government, like, you know, they, no, they wouldn't like that. that. Yeah, they yeah, that yeah, no, totally, junkie. totally, yeah, that's a terrible. human rights website, and he's, that guy's yeah. like, born, he's born in Scotland, and he's yeah. been in there for, like, I don't know how many years, like, it's, it's crazy. It's, that guy had great videos, too, on YouTube, like, prior, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they've been taken down now or what, but I remember a few years ago watching some where he's explaining the history and, highlighting uh, human like rights what the politics violations. are, it just, highlighting human, yeah, exactly, just telling the story of what happened. Yeah, like it, it's yeah. it's it's fucked, but I don't know. I, yeah, you can't do everything, but like, I I got I switched from Google Chrome to Mozilla Firefox. I got like all these like little things. I'm just like fuck. It makes me sleep better at night. So fuck yeah. you. <laughs> you were using Firefox right now. I I use Firefox. It's the it's uh, a very secure browser, and then I've customized like uh, I went to this website. It tells you that certain things you can change. And then, like, uh, so when you're visiting website, it doesn't take track your information. I like literally, and I like moved Facebook off my phone, so I only 
go on to it on the desktop because I guess Facebook is like super like it consumes everything. I, I'm just learning about all this shit now, but like uh, switching over to like Signal most of my conversation. I don't see like those ads like I used to like that creep me out like anymore. Like it's very like limited. It's like if I'm mm. doing something specific. So I don't know. Like I said, I sleep better at night. So. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's probably good. for a different reason, but <laughs> fucking gackles, Bascar. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, yeah, that's uh, I guess an update on the farmer situation, and I'm sure every time I don't think this thing's ending anytime soon, so we'll just uh, keep something new will come up, and we'll just keep following it, and hopefully, I don't know, it doesn't turn violent and it uh, results in something good for the the people. So, but. Uh, that's um, the biggest thing, as long as long as it doesn't turn violent. Yeah, which fuck, man. I, it I has, think, I mean, but I, I mean, mean, not to. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, has how it has in the past. Yeah, yeah well, right. like we we said it before, like even today, Harmon, like it took a long it took long enough, but Harmon was on Global Edmonton today, like five minute segment, like the West is starting to watch, right? So that was Sandiman. Not not saying that, they, that happen. His work. <laughs> not saying they can't like do some covert shit make people disappear but it's going to be harder to like have like the wide scale stuff that we were all i think scared of in the beginning like which is like yeah. you know you you wake up and five thousand people are gone i'm not saying it can't happen or bad shit can't happen but it's going to be harder, harder to now know. that people are starting to look at it like bbc i've seen it on bbc i've seen cnn economist as so like it's it the frustration is it took forever and in the beginning it was like they're telling the wrong side of the story or just not even the story so i again i i hope that this continues and that just the global eyes stay on it and uh that's why it's again, I, to me it's important. We joe, on your, joe on your first podcast uh i think Harmon was saying that these laws were passed in another part of india and it didn't bode well for no, the so farmers they uh, use like three ordinances uh and it's like uh so this was like established by the British Raj on how they passed these. So these bills didn't go through like the house or like there was no vote on it. They just literally. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, they just literally passed these. Like, it was unconstitutional. Court. It was like the first time yeah. they've done it in so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like, what's that funny? Like, do you mean like they, they did this in like Bihar, right? Like, like they, they've done it in other States and you look at Bihar now, like, like they've been in part, like the people come to Punjab to work as late migrant laborers now, right? And, you, and they've done it in other states. You see it, these farm laws introduced have impoverished the people. Like exactly what they oh, said okay. isn't going to happen, is going to happen. And people lose their land. People have to go elsewhere for work. They, you know what I mean? Like they lose their land. They lose everything because there's no other jobs. And okay. it's just been like centralized and like big corporations have gone in. Like, I don't know if you've seen, uh, I can't remember where it was, but like the Adani group went in and just like, essentially stole land from people, underpaid them. Mm -hmm. Like, they can't, those people can't do anything. Uh, the reason, like, again, Punjab is a different animal and but that's where it started yeah. from, right? Like, that's where the resistance started from. That's where the resistance always starts they've from. Been burnt, they've been burnt already, right? Like, uh, and Russell Brand brought this up in his video too with those genetically modified cotton seeds that were supposed to enhance production. You're left with the, uh, basically, it's the same amount of cotton production. But now these superbugs that wreak havoc on other crops that you now need to use even stronger pesticides to control, which are seeping into your water system. So the farmers have been burnt by this already, right? Like, so what, yeah, what's no, the what's no, the view, what's the viewpoint of these uh, of these uh, pro India movements? What's their what's their viewpoint? Like, what do these people think? 
Like, the why pro- is it? Why? Why are these? Why are these ordinances good? Pro India, as in like, like, what do you mean? Like, who's pro? Like, BJC you see these car rallies like, for the anti. Oh, um, yeah, anti-farmers. Car rallies are stupid. That was like all pro. No, no, India, not, not to me, it doesn't He's make talking. any sense. What's their viewpoint? Like, I one of my buddies called it a all lives matter protest. I thought it was hilarious. It, it's they're Hindu nationalists. At the end of the day, they're they're fascists. Yeah. Anyone that supports well, anyone that supports Modi. Is an is a nut job, right? Like so that's that's sort of my point. So they're they're just doing it based on religious views, right? They just yeah. wanna, they're, yeah. I mean, like, and they they have like the RSS, like the what's it? I can't remember what it's called, but like the Canadian wing. There's chapters in all these countries, and they mobilize their people. There's a lot, of, like Silicon Valley in the tech space. There's a lot of these like Modi. Fa- it, it's crazy, and that's this other scary yeah. thing is there's a, and there's a lot of Indians that work in this space, and like India's involved. Like it's. Obviously, this is, it goes on and on and on, but like, yeah, like they're at the end of the day, they're Modi supporters, and in that, yeah. in my eyes, you're a fascist. But just before we go what? on, like, go, go on, Arjun. Yeah, what's frustrating about that though is there's been a lot of people. I feel like just to Gak's point that if you ask them, they'll be like, "No, we're not right wing, we're not fascist, but you know, we can't throw India under the bus like this. We need to promote our country first. Farmers are promoting division. Like those people make no sense to me." either but the, the majority yeah. the far the farmers yeah. they just don't have a voice they're suppressed yeah yeah but the no, majority no, of people sure. if you look at the ground like th- there is no people say oh there's gonna be hindu sikh violence there's hindu sikh muslims praying together yeah, the ground reality is different than what yeah. the fucking indian state like so when you go back to the 80s and they're like hindu sikh violence there wasn't that it's just that there wasn't social media so that's the good thing about social media is like now you can see firsthand what's happening before they, the government had this narrative we were all our, like our parents were forced to believe. That's the only thing they were hearing over and over. So they're like, "Oh, yeah. it must be true." If the central government saying, like, you know what I mean? Whereas now we have, yeah. inform- we see fucked up shit. We're like, "Yo, that's not what's happening." Like we know what's happening. They, people, everyone has a camera. Everyone's a journalist now. So it's yeah. it's very different. The, the other like messed up thing on it too is uh, like you we like there's supposed to be democracy, right? Like. Um, but the separation of church and state in India is like obvious bullshit. And, you know, uh, not that I have anything against any like Hindus, any religion. I don't really give a shit. Do what you want to do. But when you actually read and you understand it and you understand like where their belief system was derived and like the various castes and you see that reflected in like various beliefs. So you have like very elitist people that come from for certain castes like that we'll never see eye to eye with like Hindus that are protesting with Sikhs and Muslims that are of different castes. And at the end of the day, what is the underlying common theme? It's like going back to like a Hindus national agenda, because in a lot of these people that hold those contrary contrarian views, they're in a caste that's like, you know, would be, these things don't matter to them anyways. Right. Like it's, it's super like, uh, and Again, with all this attention on it, uh, on India, hopefully people actually start to look and because uh, it's not really a democracy. It's like more like uh, it, 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 it's more like what China was in like the late 70s, 80s, like um, but, you know, because they're yeah. not an actual communist state we're we're not, you know, sanctioning them yet. So it's again, it's just scary. It's, it's fucked. But just one last thing. What I was going to say, like Arjun, you were talking about that the uh, Green Revolution uh, in Punjab. That made like Punjab one of the wealthiest states. Punjab was, uh, you know, the out when, when Monsanto went in with the high growth seeds. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that Vandana Shiva, like that's what she talks about. She's like, when India was 
there was a famine. So they essentially went to like Haryana and Punjab and were like, Monsanto came in, it was an opportunity and they said, you know, we need to feed the nation. So they incentivized them to feed the nation. They gave these uh, these seeds, didn't educate the farmers or anything what these seeds were. They got all these uh, pesticides, all these chemicals. Nobody was educated. They just, you know, rushed it in there. The famine was gone. It was dealt with. But then what happened after, right? Like you said, those yeah. seeds, like uh, rice and wheat aren't even indigenous to Punjab, right? Like that's not what is indigenous to Punjab. So we're growing something that we wouldn't even normally be growing. And that requires water. And then that water also, like now you need more water for that because because of all the chemicals and the pesticides. And all of our groundwater is being basically wasted on producing this this wheat and this rice and it's sucking Punjab dry. It's going to turn into a desert. So like that green revolution has been like the worst thing to happen to Punjab, right? And uh, the Indian government has done nothing. Like there's been the Swami Nathan Commission, which like uh, says like certain agriculture changes. Like the farmers were saying, we need changes. We need help. Like this is not sustainable over time. But the Indian yeah. government has ignored all that and they just passed these, like it's, it's, uh, it's just this is the closest thing to like the a proletarian like re revolution, eh? Like the Marxian view of like in this like capitalist it's not, it's not even against the bourgeoisie or like the really yeah, just because right. the people are yeah, like the fam like people are dying, right? The water is getting contaminated in Punjab. The water levels are dropping at exponential rates that they've never been seen before. Trying to feed a population that's growing at an exponential level. Like, how, in what world is any of this sustainable, right? And I feel like a lot of farmers see that. And, like, that's where a lot of this desperation comes in and, like, despair around, like, okay, what the fuck does our future even look like? Is there even a future? Might as well kill it, like, off ourselves, right? Yeah, like, suicide rates. Try highs. to attempt suicide. Like, that's so, like, oh, 10, it's a vicious, vicious yeah, cycle, it's man, circle. That's why, I mean, hopefully, yeah, shit changes yeah. here. But uh, yeah. I guess whatever, we'll keep posting. <laughs> that's yeah. all we can do right keep fighting yeah keep chirping modi on uh signal so he can't come and get us <laughs> that was a that was a hefty update but i guess he, he yeah it's been like two weeks since you've uh uh but we we, we, we talked about bill it. gates oh, and yeah. uh oh, that was great man no, no, was was, uh, well i, I mean all encompassing yeah i cover i mean but it's all connected right it's yeah, all oh, connected yeah, sure. that's what i'm saying like you can't not pay attention because it could affect us, especially in this globalized world. But uh, anyway, Sonny, you were, uh, I want to talk about that. You were on a podcast, Two Mutts podcast, to uh, talk about like diversity. You're on like a panel, talk about diversity in hockey. And uh, yeah, that, I had to listen to that. That was pretty interesting. Uh, you want to tell us what that was about? And uh, <laughs> Gax clearly didn't put himself on mute. I will. Yeah, no, uh, it was. It was uh, it was interesting. Uh, Josh called me up and uh, it's a good panel. Um, obviously, I played the game. Joe, you and I were teammates. Arjun f followed us. Gax before us. So we've all seen like diversity in hockey. We've seen it like you know work, and we've seen the bad of it. I'll never forget Joe getting uh, called. Uh, what I don't even remember what they called you, but the the guy had to like write a letter and like massive suspension. Haki, when Osama, you name it. I was yeah, nine eleven too. And like before Joe, like before was my like, middle name. I think I'm pretty sure when I was playing hockey. I, I would, I would, I would get like 
like depending on who which team i would get like different chirps because like nobody really knew what i was but they knew i wasn't <laughs> it, something was off so like, yeah, especially no, if your dad your dad's like walking you into the rink too yeah like, why is this white kid with this Punjabi guy yeah um so i but like i i i, I liked it and it was it was really good to like kind of measure where we're where we've come from where we can go um uh, but like one of the things and i've said this to lots of different people different organizations is like i think you have to be very careful with like the diversity agenda because uh it's important to promote growth of the game it's important to promote uh for like uh to have these things for the right reasons and um you know some of the some of the teams i've been involved with um when you when you rave when you wave the race flag too often um you know i think people will start to tune you out and and the reality is uh yes there are cases where players won't make a team because of the color of their skin um but in like you know when you're when you're coaching and you're trying to build high performing teams and this not um the reality is more often than not you're probably not making the team because you're not good enough and that's changing now and it's i think it's speeding up um not probably not enough in hockey because there's a lot of other forces at play. Um, I'd like to see some of these people, some of these organizations around like, and in the cases where, you know, it's a case where the guy should be there. It's uh, you know, the, you got a panel of scouts that are like, what the hell that's when you got to step in. But um, I, I, at the end of the day, I think uh, I, I agreed with uh, Lolly's comments. I agreed with uh, Sean Bell's comments. Like, the NHL just doesn't have a plan for this. Like they, they, they don't market their players. They don't market the game. Um, you can, at the end of the day, you can't force diversity. Like when, when the average Punjabi kid, the average black kid, the average Asian kid would rather be the next Messi or LeBron or uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? Like you're trying to grow the game outside of Canada and outside of Canada, nobody really cares, right? Like even in, even in Canada, like that was the interesting thing is like the decline of registration, um, with the Raptors winning and being good, can, like perennially basketball outpaces hockey registration, soccer is now outpacing. Like, so you have the, it's crazy expensive to play the game. Um, there are issues inherent to the game. It's boring. Like it's a culture, a boring culture. There is probably systemic racism at the highest levels with the, in the NHL. So at the end of the day, like <coughs> with all of that, like it's, it's kind of hard to push the diversity agenda. Um, but I said on the thing, I said, one thing I would be okay with is like, if you bring someone forward, whether it's for a panel job, um, a GM job, whatever, it's no different than like the affirmative action policy in the States. Like if everything else is equal, they've, they all like, you know, they were all triple a hockey players their entire life. Then they went on to the same scouting role in different clubs. And one happens to be black. Fuck the other nine guys. Like you've had the head start. You want to get diversity. It's important to do that. But where I said, the other thing is where I start to have a problem with diversity is like, when it's very obvious that the person that's got the job and it's purely a diversity play isn't any goddamn good at it, you know, like, and it's like, it's, it's unfortunate for the other people that want the job because it, it just becomes like this weird mess. But overall, I thought it was uh, a well done podcast and yeah, the NHL has got a lot of problems to figure out. And I think the, the biggest one is marketing so that 
we don't have to have the conversations about diversity because people will want to come to it. But well, I mean, that's a that's a lot. You encompassed a lot of different things. For sure. Right? Like, but like, okay, let's start with uh, diversity. Let's start with Robert. Robert, you're uh, a little older than all of us here, um, so you you know you probably like saw it. You know, I guess it goes in order, right? Probably worse than I did. Uh, I saw it worse than Gooman or whatever. Me and Sunny, just based on it is getting better or being highlighted. But like, you know, what what is what is your view on like diversity in hockey in the sport in general, not just professionally, but like playing minor hockey all the way up? Like, you know, what's your uh, yeah, I mean, when when I played, um, uh, I don't know, like uh, people didn't know how to react. Uh, there was racism in the dressing room. Uh, majority of players would just be quiet. It'd be awkward. If it was uh, the opposing team, um, you know, your teammates don't even know what to do. Like, you're you're 8 years old, you're 10 years old, however old you are. Like, no one's going to drop the gloves. Like, what are you going to do? Referee doesn't know what to do. Like, it's – that, that's, that's where we were at when I was playing. Like, nobody really knew what to do. Like, hey, guy calls me a packy or makes some reference to the color of my skin. What's protocol? There really wasn't any. So – you yeah. just sort of dealt with it. You put you put your head down and you fucking busted your ass and hopefully it motivated you or whatever the case may be. But uh, so, so uh, your your, ki- your kids your kids play ho- hockey, right? Like obviously you've gone through that. Now, obviously how you react is gonna be very different than obviously when you were. Ki- whereas let's say your parents didn't have that; they don't come from a hockey background. They're immigrant parents. Whereas now you've grown up in the system, you may, you have you know more resources, more confident, more information. How does that change? And like, is that, is that diversity still like, do you so still see it, it as changes, a major barrier? I don't see it as big of a barrier. Um, but I mean, I, I was born here in, in, in Canada. I mean, my family does, uh, you know, we, we, we do okay. I mean, uh, hockey's very affordable for us. Um, I'm on the ice with my kid. I'm an assistant coach. Uh, at some point I'll probably be a coach. I can't, I can't really tolerate kids at uh, eight, <laughs> nine years old. I don't, I don't have the patience. So once they're, once they're older, I'll move into coaching, but like, that's where you make changes. Like people our age have to get into positions of power. Uh, you can't just be a parent in the stands and have no voice and, uh, expect to see any change. Um, even with the NHL, like, uh, I mean, the NBA's changed because the players got involved. The NFL is changing because players got involved in the NHL. There's not enough colored players to make a change. So, I mean, to ask like uh, Jujar to to make a difference, I mean, uh, that's just it doesn't make any sense to me. The guy is he's fr- he's fringe level NHL player at the beginning of this year. He's on the taxi squad, and you want him to speak out on this issue? Like this guy's looking for he he needs to get paid. I mean, he's busted his ass his whole life, and now he's at the NHL stage, and you can't expect him to bring this up because. At the end of the day, he needs to like he worked his whole life to get to where he's at. How can he jeopardize that? Like, is he going to be uh, Colin Kaepernick? Is Nike going to step in and and sign him to a contract to to, to you know fill his wa- wallet up? Like, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, the way NHL changes is guys like uh, uh, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, they need to talk about yeah, racism exists. It happened they're the whole way through to. growing up. Yeah, but they're never going to. But that's the only way it's going to change. You got to go after those guys. Then you'll see change because then the players will band together. When once they see guys like, uh, I remember when uh, Tyler Sagan uh, he 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 knelt down in the national anthem 
yeah. the playoffs yeah. last year. I thought that was huge. That yeah. was huge to me. Like somebody else is is stepping up. And, you know, if mm-hmm. that gained momentum, you know, you might have seen a difference, but it didn't really seem like any but of the other guys don't you wanted think, to do that. But, like, don't, don't you think, like, yeah, Jajar is like fourth line or whatever. He's, but he's still, I don't know, in my opinion, anyways, like, there's still a responsibility. He doesn't have to be overtly, but, like, it's just even like little things, how you say, like, educate. You still have to be active because you still have to, if you're Sagan, I'm sure somebody's spoken to him or he got that information from somewhere. If you're not telling your story, Ain't nobody going to give a shit about your story or care to. Nobody got time for that. So, like, it, it falls on your shoulders to tell tell your story. Yeah, look at, at, okay. So, look at Evander Kane. I mean, he's a higher level player. I mean, it, it, his voice falls on deaf ears. I mean, I, yeah, I disagree. I, I, I wouldn't say deaf ears, man. Like, it, it's still you no, hear no, you, about you it. You hear about it, but there's no change. The NHL no, but hasn't it's, implemented it's, it's start, anything. It starts from somewhere, right? Like, you've got to, what's that thing, Sonny? You probably only sings the seed, the growth, I, I think, whatever. I think we're, we're, we're sort of at this, like, point in time where we're at a snapshot where it's too early to see all of this. Like this has been ingrained in the culture for so many years. And I think we're just, just like starting to change the culture. And that's what needs to happen. Like this isn't going to happen by like having one player speak up or like a few players like hold a rally or do something or promote something. Like it's the entire culture that needs to change over time. So like promoting coaches uh, of like indigenous background of colored background. Right. But the, the only one thing quickly I want to say in promoting diversity, I feel like sometimes we uh, get a bit carried away and it's not diversity and inclusion. We sometimes tend to promote segregation by trying to promote diversity and trying to include all these people. Like uh, a, st- a story stands out, University of Michigan at the start of this uh, calendar year, like set up this BIPOC cafe to create like a safe space for black and indigenous people of color. But it became this like segregated area where like BIPOC people just went and who like set, they who were set like, it up. The University of Michigan, massive but then, university. But, the, but then there you there you have a white uh, structure of power creating this yeah, for these exactly, people. Right? It's different. They're, they're trying. They're trying to promote like diversity and like, but they've completely misunderstood the point. <laughs> Sounds like segregating. Like, what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take this cafeteria. It's all yours, right? Don't come to our cafeteria. They came out and apologized and they got rid of it. They, they actually didn't go through with it. But like, that's the only thing we, I feel like we need to be a bit careful about. Like when we promote diversity in sport, like don't just make it all about uh, like a certain race or a certain group of people. Like it's about creating change in the overall culture so that when in the future, like you create this system where in the future, if X, Y, and Z, any Upna kid from any part of Canada or the U.S. wants to play, he can enter the system and just be accepted. So that when some European prospect comes over, right, you're playing at a higher level, who's never played with like a black person or an Indian person before. When that guy comes over, he's entering a culture where it's just accepted to play with people of culture. And that's it. That's where that's the I think the end goal. We just got to get there somehow. The, like that that's like like one of the the main things i was trying to get to those guys was like right now i don't know if this is an accurate stat it sounds correct there's like less than four percent of the league is bipoc right like so to get a job in the nhl whether you're in media uh, coaching your best bet is having played in the nhl so if you're already got 96 percent of the league ahead of you it's hard to correct that change and so as that number slides you should start to see see more people, but for me, like, and I said it on the like on that show, I was like, 
make it if you want to see diversity make it easy to play like yeah like we can afford to put our kids in but a lot of people can't right like and it won't just be Punjabis that'll come in you'll see more black kids you'll see more uh Asian kids you'll see more native kids because if you remove that entry and then can actually connect to them this is why you should play you'll start to you'll start to to build it and then you'll start to see those numbers change like it's you think it's a coincidence that the NBA like literally every other league is the inverse of the NHL it's probably like less than 30% caucasian and 70% because there were less barriers to entry to play the game and then you see way more people in color jobs analyst jobs because the numbers all align right um so we have to help get them there and some of that is the the economics um the the one comment too and uh Gax, you're kind of touching on it with with Kara like uh Bell made a good point good point like um there really hasn't been like uh, since like Grant Fuhrer like a true or I and Aginla was probably the the one for our generation but there's not like in this this era of social media where everything's connected who's the only like true star that's of color, that's like PK Subban, right? Like, and he's been shut up. He's been traded three times. He's, he's got over a million Instagram followers and they just try and silence him. So like there, there still is that cultural element that has to be about letting these guys have their personality. So people want to play. And, and I think if you can address again, those like that, the backwards nature of the NHL marketing and then make it easy to play, that's when you're going to start to see it. So yeah. And Subban wasn't even talking about like, Subban wasn't even talking about race or diversity. He was just he's just yeah. he's just a flamboyant yeah. like Subban wasn't oh, even yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. race or diversity. He's just a flamboyant individual. So, he, he just didn't fit the like, mold. I mean, right? in my example, like, do you think JJ would have a job if 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 he's speaking his story, speaking about diversity? Um, you know, some some would say it's even distraction to the team. Like, if he's a fringe level player, would he have a job next year? In my opinion. Like, you're, you're right. You're right. But then, like the other side is at some maybe his t- if his teammates know what he's going through or what he's gone through is like maybe you have that. Sp- like yeah, you're right. He could tomorrow. They could be like and a very good chance in hockey. They'll tell him to fuck off. But I mean, at some point, somebody's got to do something. And even if he's saying you want to see you want to see a movement started and it great. Gain- that, I, that's think, not, I, I think I, I think you know where the change comes. Like ultimately in these sports where you see change, like basketball, change comes top down. Like where you have people in power expressing opinions that are controversial or opinions that are going to bring about change. So Arjun, what we got to realize is how to get people in hockey, just in hockey, into uh, positions of power. So one, how do we get more like BIPOC people? into the NHL as players, right? So if in Edmonton, if you break it down, this is just a quick thought. It's the kids that whose parents can afford SSAC, MLAC, CAC, right? Who can rich afford kids. that extra training, the rich <laughs> kids who go. So why is hockey in Edmonton, why is Edmonton minor hockey like funded like that? Why is it divided up like that? Should that funding money not go to like the government? Shouldn't taxpayer money maybe go to funding hockey programs in schools? Because we know every kid's going to go to school, right? Not every kid's going to be able to play SSAC, MLAC, but there's a higher likelihood kids are going to go to high school or they're going to go to junior high. So why not take that money, put it into areas that are more accessible to more kids, right? Like sort of the U.S., their football programs, granted it's a private system, but just sort of the conceptual model is built up around like education and your collegiate, your, your sports sort of with that, you know? I don't know. It's just an idea. I don't know if you've I, ever thought about that. I said, I actually said the, said something similar. Like I can, I did the American comparison. Like 
the U.S. is vast, like very quickly closing the gap on Canada, U.S. Some years they're better. Why? Because they will, the government will put money into sport, right? Like it matters. And it like, and so the USHL, like you're like, those are all programs that are fun. Yeah, there's wealthy people in it, but they still make it easier to play. Um, our government, like, I, I mean, I, we, you can go to the Olympics for in Canada, you can win five gold medals for this country, be like the greatest athlete of all time, and they'll still get you a job at Tim Hortons or, or Home Depot. Like, we do nothing to support <laughs> athletics, right? And like, again, we, we already know, like, like you guys, like you two have kids already, you see it. Skates cost several hundred dollars just to get the shit, like just to put the equipment on them for the average per like, and again, we like, we can't think like we've done well, like the average family in Edmonton still has like a $60,000 household income, right? So when the majority of the people are doing that, how are you supposed to get them the equipment? How are you supposed to like, someone's got to take time off work to get them to the, the, the hawk like this and like uh, all the extra stuff, like it costs and that's what I was saying. Like, if you remove those barriers, you make it easier, you will see the diversity happen. Again, why are basketball, why is the NBA, MLB, ML, like MLS, why is every other sport so dominated by colored people? Because they were able yeah. to play through their, uh, through their schools. They were able to play relatively inexpensive. Those barriers did not exist, right? And so that, like, again, you got to go to the owners, you got to go, you have to find a way to explain to them that like if you can break this down and you can get india invested you get china invested not only will you solve the diversity issue but you'll grow your market but again like yeah, when you need ice <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know really that's a limiting factor 100 percent. i don't know i guess the sport in and of itself is selective right like uh, yeah, yeah. it's it just it, it, i i what i like though is that diversity is being promoted we are now seeing more people players than ever so i think the trend is in the right direction but we shouldn't try to like take it into our hands and to i don't know my opinion to completely like change the game ah uh, yeah i don't know uh, it's I, it's interesting it's it's very interesting like i said before i feel like we're at this snapshot and we're sh like trying to understand what the trend is going to be you know my my opinion yeah. on that is like you have to take it into your own hands because and this this whole change even the fact that we're at this point is because People have taken yeah, it into their own hands because and they're because like wanting they're active, right? Like you, you uh, have, and that that comes down to growing up here, having more access to information, having more knowledge, having you know you grow up school here, so your earnings are better than maybe your parents, whatever it is, right? Like you have more resources, and that gives you essentially power to do something. Where so like you, in my opinion, yeah, you you have to. Like for Jajar, like I don't need him running around and going same, but like what he should be doing, in my opinion, is like in his local where he's from Surrey, maybe doing camps or like participating yeah. and then telling his story, just having little yeah. kids see, yeah. oh, there's a brown kid playing, right? Like he's a fourth yeah. liner, so he has a lot Change to Change happens. Do something down, like yeah. that where like even him posting now on uh, the farmer's protest, I thought that was, it was like, it was like finally. They, which is good, good to see. And then they talked about it, and I think he got a couple of points that game. So it was like, you know, that, that, that was huge. So, yeah, I don't know. It's J uh, J having a summer camp in Vancouver is a, a excellent idea. That would be that's that's growing right? the game. That would that would draw a lot of attention. I bet you you would get uh, um, sports coverage kids. on it as well. Yeah, yeah. You, get, and you get tons of kids because. People in Surrey and that lower mainland, they have the resources. You're seeing like ton there's so many Punjabi kids playing there, man. 
and I can't gonna, sell out in ten seconds. Yeah, like it's you're, you're going to see. Right I, I think in the next like ten to twenty years, you're going to see an influx. Maybe they don't get to superstar status, but you're going to see more and more Punjabi players coming in. So yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. But and, uh, and that will it, be a big thing. JJ, like, if you're listening, call Joe Sanga to be your uh, business uh, manager. Set up the camps <laughs> for you. Yeah, but even just a... us, us being able to skate with our kids is like such a huge advantage. Massive. You know? like we, didn't even, we didn't really have like our parents tried their best. My dad doesn't but, know like, what offside is till this day, and he's watched like every one of my games. Like, dude, <laughs> I, I it's, it's pretty hilarious because I, I think on the on the ice, like I'm pretty vocal. Like I, I kind of yell at the kids. Like my dad probably used to yell at me from the from the stands. But like, uh, it seems like some of the other coaches are they don't want to like everyone's so sensitive these days. Like some people are so nice <laughs> to the kids and I'm always like, no man, let's move, like move, move faster. I know you can move faster. Like, yeah. but like, you know, th that's just the era we're living in. Everyone's so sensitive. Like no one wants to say something to somebody else's kid in case, uh, you know, he has to hear it from uh, their parents. Like it makes no sense. Like we're playing fucking sports. Like you yeah. say whatever the hell you want, like motivate the kid. It, yeah, but you, yeah. your kid having you there, that's like a, I, th I think that's a huge advantage. Like I, I would like to be involved in my kid playing like, cause I think you have to be to give him that. You have to. Yeah, you have to. That advantage, advantage, but, uh, no, that's pretty, that's solid. Uh, Gax is going to coach when the Blackhawks return and he's, and he's no longer able to play. Man. He's going to be our coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a long time away buddy it's a long time long away time. This, this guy's tom brady <laughs> man he ain't retiring <laughs> never never uh what's uh sunny what's happening with the give us an update on the quick update on the oilers man fucking i haven't really been following it so much but i guess you guys all have gax you were watching the the flames back to back fucking what's going we on here so much better than them oh my god who does who yeah i mean uh i i've always thought the two biggest things i've thought is uh it made it made no sense to me that this team would puck watch so much in, a, in the defensive zone because that's shit that you learn so early in life that it, it would boggle my mind how many times that we would get caught puck watching and somebody would slip behind uh who's ever covering if mcdavid's covering the centerman mcdavid looks at the puck and the centerman's gone they pass it in front the guy scores or you know, nurse slides down low because the other D-man lost his player, but you don't need to go behind the net in the corner. You can't score from there. Just wait <laughs> wait until your unit yeah. gets back together and just fucking yeah. they're, hold They're just not on the same page, yeah. right? Like, just, I think that's the Like, I see of, it as yeah. very... Yeah, I see it as very simple hockey. It makes no sense. And then, like, pucks to the net. D-men are finding lanes, and they're putting wrist shots to the net, slap shots, any lane, put it on the net. And... uh we lost that Blackhawk series because of that, and it seems like we're doing it now a lot better. Bouchard's shooting, and I mean, uh, uh, Barry, they told Barry to start shooting. He was a fucking passing Nurse, pylon nurses, in the first nurses uh, 10 games. Nurses leading all defensemen. Nurses leading yeah, all yeah. defensemen in goals, too, man. Like, Well, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So as, long as, like, as long as the, you see the goalie that have over 900 save percentage this year, because save percentage has come down, but as long as the goalies can... Uh, you know, fight each other for the number one job. I mean, I think we'll be we'll be. So are we at the good. are we at the mid midway point yet? Or are we because no, how many games this season? Fifty four. Yeah, 50, yeah, I don't think we're halfway yet. But like uh. for me, it was like uh, yeah, like I everything Gax said. Like they shouldn't make the mistakes they do. Um, someone said that like the, the the mistakes they were making are not coaching mistakes. Like you can't coach effort, and so I think their effort has been more consistent. 
Um, and then uh, I think I feel like there's less passengers. Like, and you know, when you have dry saddle and McDavid, it's it would be hard to not watch. Uh, but like the last few games, like the depth scoring has has shown up, right? Like um, Kara Ch- Chase on has a couple now. Haas put in like uh, the game winner the other day. Um, and you know, our our start wasn't great, but. Um, I think if we had Smith a couple, at least three of those games, we probably win. Even if you have Koskinen start, because you you know even like a Carey Price, uh, um, Carter Hart, like these top echelon goalies, they they all have bad games. We see it with like even Parm. Like if you know he's having an off game, shots fired. Ranger P man. But if you tagged on this one, you're getting unfollowed on Instagram. But but if you have a quality backup, and which like ninety percent of our Hawks games, we don't have a second goalie. But like if if you if they let in a soft one, you're gonna let them battle through it. If they let in the next one that's soft, you pull them, right? Like and you still have a chance to win that game. So I remember that Calgary game where literally everything went straight through him and it's like well what are you gonna do you're gonna put in Stuart Skinner like and <laughs> but it's, yeah Koskinen was exhausted right sure. like at that point he had played so many games so I I don't know how we were sort of talking about this in one whatsapp group but it's uh it's not like these two old goalies are even fighting for the number one spot it's like they're just both playing enough to make it through the season yeah so 100% challenge each other but they're more just so just giving the other guy a rest so he can go and play in like a few games um, but that's what yeah. but, but, but if you're getting constantly challenged uh then you're 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 more likely to be more focused and more driven oh, to sure. to be at your best uh, at all times like but the taxi squad the taxi squad of forwards that travels with the team like these guys would be practicing with the ahl team and when you're with the ahl team you know no one's at your practice you're like chilling you're not really giving it your all because of COVID, there's more guys now allowed to go skate with the Oilers, and these guys that would be with the NHL team are now skating with the NHL team. So they're practicing hard. It's like these fringe guys going the hardest at practice, and they keep the actual like roster guys accountable because there's competition at practice, and they like actually go hard. Like it's been sick. But like, like the other the other thing is, uh, I don't think uh, like typically if you look at majority of the good teams, uh, I think their goalie wins them. One game out of every like five six games, in my opinion, the goalie is the first star of the game. Koskinen did not win us any game in the first ten or eleven games that he played. It was it was either we fucking just scored more than the other team, or 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 uh, you know the other teams yeah. didn't show up and there wasn't that many shots put on Koski, but he didn't win us one game. And and like yeah, I mean he's overplayed, but I mean I mean we could have used a win or two there, like at least at least one out of ten. Like come on. Uh, gotta be something long term the goaltending is like the right now it's obvious that it's if it's not already it's going to become the biggest issue right like here if you you got uh five of the six and the uh, five of your top six figured out pretty soundly your defense which has been a laughing stock for a long time is actually now like you're seeing some depth like your number one defenseman's out this year and you've got guys playing amazing um can we get through this year with those two? Yeah, probably. Like they'll do a good job. But then what happens? Like, um, you know, you look at the teams that win cups and then win cups like on a consistent basis, they have like they have a guy they can steal you, you know, two, three games here and there. And so uh, we were talking about this the other day. It's like at what point do you like and Ken I don't know that Ken Holland has ever done this because he's he like 
do you are, do you become willing to look at your defensive depth and do you look at a guy like Ethan Bear who's hurt right now? Uh, do you start to think like throw Ethan Bear, maybe even Broberg, like maybe a first pick, like vastly overpay for a young stud goalie right now, and just because you have enough assets to carry you through probably the next three four year window, and and then you still have that goaltender, like. Like what would you I was, trade? I was having this com- I was having this conversation last night. You're talking about next year. What happens at trade deadline? Like I think move Nuge for sure. People I was talking to, they're like, we need a goalie this year. Like what if what if we giving up Broberg and a first and and maybe even more for for Flurry for the next two years? Flurry's paying sick right now, so you have him for the rest of this year and next year. Because what's our window at the end of the day? Can you waste this year? Like what? if we had a sick goalie right now. Man, well, this with today, be... today's news, so Slater Cuckoo's out for the rest of the year. Was so we're we're down a defenseman now too. They recall that. So I mean, but we're, we're deep. We're deep on D right now. Yeah. We're super deep yeah. on D right now. But but like yeah. uh, like um and so like Anaheim's GM came out and said that John Gibson is like untradeable, and all GMs say that until Ken Holland shows up and says, <laughs> okay, like we're gonna give you Nugent Hopkins. Broberg, Jones, Bear, a first and a conditional second. Loyalty, hey? You don't think just get Gibson. You'd have to like you get Gibson and like there'd be but you lose you have to you have what, to, what you're saying is you gotta earn you can generate interest you, even if someone says what he's saying is those guys are not his clients no, clearly. You, you gotta yeah. no, what I what I'm saying, we've all been PBHL captains. What I'm saying is you have to be willing to lose the trade. Like to like if you're gonna get the big if you're gonna get the main asset, which is the goaltender, and you're gonna give up guys that like maybe they turn out to be studs, maybe they don't. But if that if Gibson comes in right now and you lose these marquee players, but you win. Who like look at what happened? Like when DeRozan got traded, like oh, non basketball fans like all freaked out because he's the franchise. Kawhi comes in, they win a championship one year. Nobody does like nobody flinched. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's hockey's crazy, man. But uh, these guys okay. are playing. These guys are playing amazing right now. Like it's it's good to see. But the thing is, we've overpaid. We've overpaid on so many deals. Like we've taken yeah. we've taken in the ass on so many deals. <laughs> I mean, why do we, we only sign goalie, really old goalies? If we can get a goalie out of this thing, let's do it. Like, who cares? Yeah. We need a goalie. Yeah, we need a goalie. Like, I, the the goalie that I would actually go after because of how well Flurry is playing is uh, what's his name? The the Laner, like him, or like there's him, and then the two Columbus goalies that like. But again, Elvis, Elvis, and yeah, the other guy, Corpusalo. Yeah. And again, not that the guys like they've yeah. played well this year. Like, obviously, Koskinen just got tired, but. Um, Again, you're like we talk about the window. If if McDavid and Drysdale are happy and want to stay here for the next day, like as long as they're playing like they are right now, your window is till they like regress. But the window comes a lot shorter if they get pissed off after another year of mediocrity and say we want out, right? Like so that's why. Like if it was me, I would be like, okay, like what can put us like what could get us to the conference finals this year? And in my opinion, the answer is the answer is a goalie. Like, like yeah, uh, goalie. It's a goalie. But, but yeah. again, and that's why well, that's why I said division, you have to overpay. Like, division is so bananas too, man. Like these teams are so front loaded. Like Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton. Like the offense is so high. Like I think any goalie would really get lit up for the next like thirty games Fuck. too. 
that's something i think uh i think they were just i was uh so one of my buddies sent this uh sent this stat out like montreal's like under 500 if you take out their vancouver games or their ottawa games i can't remember one of the two teams they've they've struggled they just dominated one of the teams yeah toronto in my opinion is going to get rolled once the playoffs start once they move over and play like uh if they're playing in yeah. those Eastern Conference squads, they'd be getting rolled. No, but does they, it go? Be, does it? Does it go back to no, like the actual no, like, like the, conferences? Like, you could. It's pretty. Big, right? You can. Like, you can you make, make the semifinals if you come out of this. Pro, if you come out of this uh, division. Yeah, yeah there. Like I read this thing that you can win the Stanley Cup this year by playing eight teams. So, like, if you come, uh, if you come out of the North, you've played six teams all year, and then you would play one crossover game in the semis. So that's your seventh. And then you would play in the finals. Like that's how. Oh, shit. So so like there's like, but I agree with Gax. Like if if they draw Boston, I bet the farm on Boston. Like Toronto's not going to yeah. beat them. Like um, I would love to see that right now. That's actually what I miss about the regular format. What I don't like about these divisions is that like I would love to see a Boston Toronto uh, game or even Toronto Tampa would be like pretty sick right now. And NHL's NHL's all matchups. We Vegas, match up yeah. well against uh, we match up well against Toronto in my opinion. We have a tough time with like Montreal. Uh, when it I don't know, like uh, we 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 have a tough time uh, dealing with a good goalie and and a good good uh, you know squad of D-men. Like Montreal's got yeah. pretty good uh, D-men, D-men who are willing, yeah, who are willing to shoot the puck through. So. Yeah, how far, we're getting how far shooting we, lanes and block shots. How how far are we? Uh, what's the prediction? How how fucking far are we going? Because only buddy, lo- Mister Loyalty over here, fucking every year thinks we're going to the finals. Uh, 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 <laughs> I think we make. I think we make it to like. <laughs> I think we're playoffs, and I think we go a second round of the the North Finals. Like it's, um, but uh, uh, second but, round's fifty yeah. fifty. Yeah, second yeah. round's a coin flip in my opinion. Yeah, then uh, then I don't know. Flip. Like it's. Um, before we leave the goaltender talk, I had one thing I wrote down. I want to say, like, the other thing is, like, have you guys ever noticed how every goalie that leaves Edmonton becomes good? Like, yeah, every player. Why don't <laughs> like? Honestly, God, I have no idea how we have not changed our goaltending coach. Like, um, you look at these teams. Like, look, look at the Islanders. Look at Columbus. Look at Nashville. Like, it's these three or four teams where, like, it's always they always have go- good goalies. And what do they have in common? They have somewhere in the background unbelievable goaltending coaches, and and most of them come as like a package deal. Like Barry Trotz takes his guy everywhere, and wherever Barry Trotz goes, those goalies are sick. And whenever they leave, they regress. Um, and then uh, I, it just blows my mind. I, like yeah, I like yeah, but, sorry. What what I would say to that is it's it's the defensive system part of it. I, I've seen this. Like if if you watch like if you watch Montreal play. Yeah. Their D men make stupid ass moves, but Carey Price bails them out. And and I mean so so then people don't talk about how bad the D men are because Carey Price is bailing them out. And 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 vice versa, when you have uh like sometimes our goalies are just left out to dry. Like I don't care who's in net for us. Some of the shit that we've seen over the last, I don't know, like what do you want to call it, ten years? Like there's just people left open. Jack, yeah, like talk about system that Jacques Lemaire guy in Minnesota, like that system he implemented, like where they just dropped all yeah, time. Or the torpedo. That's the most yeah, boring but, shit ever. Yeah, exactly. But their goalies <laughs> had the best stats every season, you know, year after year. Devils, so uh, Devils, Montreal. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, all these, yeah, all these teams. So when you're in the North, 
and you're playing on a line with McDavid, you have Darnell Nurse up on the fourth. Like, it's wheeling and dealing. Like, I, like look at Markstrom. He was a stud. Calgary thought they'd get him, and they'd be set. The guy's getting lit up this year. I have him on that, the That's why I think goalies, I don't know. Like, I haven't been following it too much, so I can't really. But, like, in my opinion, goalies are, like, you, you, you just need to find one that just catches fire for the playoff run. And you're gonna get far, like that. That's literally it. And then if you can play a half decent system in front of them, and just I don't know, it's how many like random goalies that like just became stars in the playoffs, right? There's so many. It was the one position we couldn't draft, and therefore we still suck at it. <laughs> Everything else we addressed through the draft because we suck. Uh, can't so draft a goalie first overall, can't right? Draft a goalie, that's the issue. So now we got to first overall. Okay, yo, that? question for you guys before we we'll talk about one other thing after this, but like if if you if we shit the bed this year if you're you're mcdavid how how long before you're like get me the fuck out of here because i would have been gone if i'm mcdavid and i wasn't a good old canadian boy i'd, I'd be fucking like yo <laughs> i think i think you, i think you have this year and next like it, it might you might get two more years just because of how fu- like fucked up covid has been and how weird the seasons have been um if this was a normal year and this was an 82 game season and we miss playoffs, we underperform, you got one year left. And where it's like where he starts to like, you know, he know. I mean, how do you not know you're the best player in the world by like a mile? A long shot. Like yeah. everyone's so hard for Matthews yesterday because he scores three goals and then he goes out or he didn't even get a hat trick. He's then he goes, gets three goals to assist. Right. Like and so you're aware of those things. But at the same time. In this case, luckily, the culture of hockey is he doesn't want to be that guy, right? Like nobody wants to be that guy. And then, um, but you, 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 and you can't blame the guy. Um, but I, so I would say you got at least one more full season um, where we're on an upward trajectory. And, you know, all it takes is like, you know, like, like if they go deep, they win a cup. They're probably not. Yeah. They're they're not going to leave. Like if if the, if they can see that they're gonna they can do this time and time again. Like the the but yeah. we got to get there. So I think it's situational. I, like that's exactly it, right? Like if it's like a, a sick playoff run, the city's bumping, the team's giving it their all, and they lose in the second third round, then yeah, he's not leaving. But if it was that bullshit we saw against Chicago, where the team's not even trying, the coach is out to lunch, like. Who knew what was happening with the line combinations, right? And McDavid starts feeling like we're wasting his time here. We don't really care about him. And like things, I, then I think things are going to turn fast. And he's going to be like, get me the fuck out of here. But yeah, I think it just depends on the hockey we see. Robert? Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't see him, I don't see him asking for a trade. He's, I don't think he's that type of player. What, what, would, what would, if you're in McDavid's shoes, what would you do? That's my question. No, no. So I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think I could leave either. Just like the camaraderie you have, like he he's built relationships. I mean, if he's quitting on the team, then we have we have a massive massive problem, which we which we already have. We just don't recognize it. But I mean, we've been playing well the last two weeks. I, Ten games into this season, I was literally like, we should just package McDavid and get a boatload of assets and start this thing over again. Keep dry as your number one because you'll get way more for McDavid. But we were brutal. It was like uh, how many more years? Can we put up with this? Like, it makes no sense. So, the, like, I just don't, I don't see him asking for a trade. I just, yeah. I can't see it happening. Right. He's they, not the type of, he's not the type of guy. Like, he's, yeah, I, I can't see him doing that. They, they've got so like a little Canadian boy. That's why they've got some uh, roots here too. Now, like, she, her business is like set up here. Like, she's doing pretty well. Like, um, 
So, I mean, not to say that she can't do that anywhere else, but... Um. <laughs> All right. Well, but, 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 Sonny, now the biggest question. When do you fucking decide that loyalty, hashtag loyalty... Like, when do you stop buying fucking everything that Oilers sell? Never. Like, wait, come on. <laughs> when, when I, when I can't afford it anymore. <laughs> no, forget about, right. forget about buying. He, he's making apparel for the Oilers. Yeah. He's making apparel. Where's that denim jacket? Get that denim jacket. Oh, I'll grab it in a minute. Oh, yeah. I remember the, that. Um, thing was- but I, I, I did... Kind of, I think I, I'm... My my new rule moving forward is uh, I'll only buy the, the the alternate jersey, and I'm not going to put players' names on them anymore. That's that was my <laughs> promise I made. I'm just like looking in my closet. I'm like, man, why do I have like an Ethan Morrow jersey? <laughs> like, like, just but Yo, that's ridiculous. Well, fuck. Right, let's just uh, yeah. Uh, before we uh, wrap up here, the Sunny, you wanted to touch on like fucking COVID and the effects on it has on people losing their shit. Just mental, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, having mental related issues or whatever you call it. Fuck, you know, having a tough time. Yeah. Talking about that. Well, I th- like we have the doctor on, so he probably speak to it better. It's just like, you know, I think uh, obviously we're seeing a lot more stuff on uh, our, our social feeds. We're not seeing people as much. And, you know, I've just, we've had a couple personal incidents with like uh, friends, clients where uh, you can tell that this is getting hard and anyone that says it hasn't been is full of shit, right? Like it's literally been a year and for a lot of people talking like this has been the extent of it. And yeah, of course that's going to take the toll on your psyche. And it's just like, it's, I think it's important to um, just have some self-awareness and um, I guess some humility too. And it's uh, if, if there is, if something does feel like it might be a problem or wrong, then you don't got to talk to me or you or, but there's people to talk to about it. Uh, uh, because I think we all know that it's, uh, it's not just in our community. I think it's uh, definitely with men in general. Um, it's an issue that's starting to get more light, but uh, again, it's, I'm starting to worry the longer that this pandemic uh, goes on and the more stuff we're seeing. So I, I don't know if you've seen anything in the the, the hospitals and stuff, Arge, but that was literally all I wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. There's a lot of stuff going on in the hospitals. It's, yeah, I mean, you 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 basically nailed it on the head. Like, by no means my COVID specialist or anything, but it's uh, it's about getting through this time. Like, it's a shitty time, right? Like, people are suffering, and uh, I think that's what you're bringing uh, light to, essentially, in this situation. Like people's jobs are suffering, uh, the economy is suffering, people's health is suffering, people are getting sick from COVID. Um, and there's, yeah, like it, we're just more aware of sort of what's been going on around us. And I think it's okay to recognize that this is just a really shitty time for everyone. And yeah, if you have a support supports a, a circle, reach out and uh, be heard and know that it's okay to feel like you're overwhelmed at this time. But uh, get get help for it and seek out support. Can I call you, Doctor Arjun? Yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> we do virtual chat. We play virtual Catan. Uh, a, Yo, you can yeah, play virtual Catan. Of... I'd be down to play virtual. Yeah, Catan. Man, there's Catan online. It's sick. It's pretty sweet too. And they took out. They've repaired a lot of the glitches. I think a lot of people downloaded it. So I've been playing it for like a few years, but like over the last six months. <laughs> They like upgraded the shit out of it. It's like so cool, so many pieces. 
I was like, huh, I wonder if a lot of people just downloaded the game over COVID and they like made me and decided to like upgrade Chill. it. I'll have to take you up on that. Gax, what are you, what are you seeing, man? Fuck. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, people <laughs> stuck in their homes. So I mean, uh, you gotta have a good. You gotta gotta have a. You gotta have a good home life. I'm, oh my god, jeez. Yeah, you gotta have a good home life. I mean, uh, I think the biggest issue is. Uh, I mean, people that probably weren't happy at home are having a tough time adjusting to being at home all the time, and you see that with. Uh, you see that with relationships uh, with you have with your spouses and whatnot. Uh, me and my wife have talked about it. Like, uh, there's definitely relationships out there where a husband and wife are probably just going through the motions and. And they're not really seeing each other. You know, they're probably both busy with work, kids. They barely have to hang out. And now they're in a situation where they have to hang out. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> issues can definitely arise. <laughs> issues can definitely arise. And they're realizing we don't actually fucking like each other. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, now, now they can't go anywhere, though, anymore, right? Like, I mean, that's just yeah. the reality. And, I mean, you'd see with, like, uh, you would hear, like, domestic violence cases are on the, on the rise and, You'd hear stories about yeah, kids fuck. need to be at school because uh, they, they they see violence at home, so the school's like an outlet for them. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's just uh, uh, hopefully it's like once in a lifetime uh, thing that we're seeing here, and we don't have to go through this again. But you know, this podcast, uh, Zoom calls, uh, any way you can connect with your friends is uh, it's super healthy, and uh, you know, you just gotta put in more effort, find different ways to connect with people. Well, yeah, it, it's uh, like, yeah, this, that's what that was this whole podcast is as a hangout, which is pretty fucking good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think, yeah, there's a there's all the, the difficult things that you mentioned. It's a good opportunity also for people to fucking realize, you know, certain because it, it leaves the people that are close with you or that you have a connection with. You still like maintain you work to maintain those relationships. So, I mean, you can't, before you realize, like, there's a lot of people, you know, they're in your life, but you've maybe spent more time on them than you needed to, and you're neglecting other things, and you realize, I didn't need to. Not saying that person's a bad person, but, like, it's like, I should have spent more time on this, and it helps you realize, too. So, yeah, there's a lot of shit, but, uh, I mean, I guess you can only try to take away, I guess, well, there's not much else we can do, except for, like, take away the the positives i guess right like what yeah, what's the other option a lot of, yeah it puts a lot of things into perspective but dude i've know, been i've been getting the... into uh i've been getting into podcasts and on audiobooks like uh highly recommend it uh i just did the uh david goggins audio uh book on audible unbelievable like there's just i mean yeah i mean there's 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 time that you can do things that you have so much time that you can do so many different things that you normally didn't have time for Wouldn't so have do yeah, yeah, you get so, to realize I mean, what you're, you're like, I like things that I didn't know I liked because you're like, what the yeah, fuck? exactly. Yeah. Right. And oh, then, yeah. so it's, uh, no, it's good, good chat boys today. We, uh, got to hang out. Uh, got to see Robert here, have a discussion. First time on the pod. Sonny's wearing a shitty ass Oilers biker jacket, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Go show it off. Tell us, tell us where we can buy it. Tell us. Your, yeah. Uh, where can we buy it? The website. It's uh, it's impossible. It's a one of a kind. <laughs> did you People actually? Have, you did you make that like custom? I ha I bought the I had the patches like they've just been like sitting in drawers for like I don't even know where they came from to be honest. Like over the years, and then uh, I did destroy two of my jerseys for the back of it because uh, I had that, an abundance. Everybody of has patches and everyone has patches in their house, right? 
I got yeah. lots of patches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lying in my drawers. You got, yeah, I don't know. I, I, but anyways, <laughs> then uh, so then obviously you guys know what I do for work. So my I just like went in the back and I was like, hey, Tony, like. <laughs> My man. And, Can you do this? And he literally was like, yeah, okay. And so they, they did it. I've had, I've literally had guys at like, uh, like at the flames games and stuff, like that are smashed that are like, I'll give you a thousand bucks cash right now. And I'm like, mm. just like, nah, it's fun. like, whatever. But fuck all good. You're a big supporter of the Oilers. So the city thanks you. The Oilers. Thank you. <laughs> Jujar. Thanks you. <laughs> everyone thanks you uh yeah i guess we'll wrap this up boys good session um yeah thanks for Sonny, having us man oh thanks for coming man always a pleasure dr goman uh robert we'll get you on hopefully again soon um yeah, sunny sure. you, you have your uh you have an article coming out on boz news org that you did uh regarding uh related to the farmers protests so that should be coming out in a day or two um, well, congrats Sonny good work Sonny Sonny been putting in the work so yeah no it, that should be a good read uh, we'll, we'll share it like it subscribe all that good stuff uh, but yeah alright boys good good sesh I'm gonna uh, stop the recording remember don't don't shut off <laughs> alright alright thanks Phil